Come on, clap your hands, everybody. Come on. Hi, I'm Henry Davis, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park in Landover, Maryland, a Bible-believing, Christ-centered, and Spirit-led congregation. I want to welcome you to our radio broadcast. And remember, there's power at the park. this service, I come back to 2 Peter chapter 1, lifting up, beginning at verse number 16, reading down verse through verse number 21 in the New Living Translation. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. When he received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice of the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must play, pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ, the morning star, shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. Amen. You may go to your seats around the building. That 19th verse says, because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and Christ, the morning star, shines in your heart. I want to talk in this service from the subject purposed to do well. Purposed to do well. 
God has a purpose that all of you and all of us would do well. And by the time life comes to, earthly life comes to an end, that he can say, well done. Purposed to do well. You can look at it and you have looked at it educationally, professionally, where you purpose to do well. Purpose in marriage, parenting, whatever it is, there must be intention, purpose, timeliness promptness. If it is that I am to report at a certain time, if it is that I am to complete certain assignments, I purpose to do them well. Not just simply finishing, but finishing strong and finishing with excellence. Not simply trying to get by. One of the answers in this audience, we have some young people who are here and the question could be asked of you, how are you doing academically as you prepare to come to the midway point in this school year? How you doing? Some will answer not the greatest of answers, but their answer would be, I'm passing. That's not what I'm talking about. Purpose to do well. Doing well and excelling. Seeking to do extraordinary, not ordinary. If you look at the disciples, they were ordinary Men who were able to do extraordinary things. Again, they meet with Jesus and he gives them certain assignments. And even when he thinks that they've gotten off course, he says, I want you to become a minimalist. I don't want you to carry too much stuff because stuff can distract. Many of us now, we can't even get out the house making decisions on what to put on. Years ago, that would not have been that difficult. Now, because of the blessings of God, you've got choices, decisions to make. Does this go with this? Does this match? purpose to do well. Some are challenged in that area. You need assistance. You need somebody to, you have it in the closet, but you don't know how to hook it up. You need somebody to give you some direction. I'm saying to someone in this room and those who are in the audience that there must be 
a driving sense of purpose. Rick Warren, who has made millions of dollars, and matter of fact, told his church he would not even need a salary because of the book sales of A Purpose-Driven Life. Rick Warren was not the originator of that thought because everything about the Bible talks about purpose. You catch the rewind of the, we were looking in the last couple of weeks in the 7.30 worship at John the Baptist and the purpose he has to fulfill as the preparer for Jesus. He is, he is preparing the way. That was his purpose. He does not get out of line. Even if you looked at the end of Jesus' life and Jesus is coming riding into the city, riding a donkey, and even the donkey had a purpose. The donkey realized these folk not standing here for me. In the words of the Reverend Dr. Jeremiah Wright, he said that there's another word for a donkey, and the other word for a donkey, if you think that the crowd is there for you, I don't, you can fill in the blank. The reality of it is, my brothers and sisters, that we have to purpose to do well. A part of our pur purposing to do well, Kenna, is the fact that we are in worship. Worship for us is not an option, but worship for us sets and helps to set the template for the week. Song says, order my steps in the Lord. And so it helps me. It helps me in a, in a centering way. I get centered by worship. I get centered by understanding and seeing other miracles who are around me. Julia, you blessed me last week when I saw you walking the steps. And I said, Julia, why are you doing that? She said, I need to do it. Very serious car accident. She said, I'm getting my therapy in. We purpose. And we purpose to do well. You will need to understand that as you purpose to do well, you also must realize that Satan is purposed also. What is his purpose? Steal, kill, destroy. That's his purpose. So you can't be surprised when Satan tries to mess up your praise and get in, interrupt your, the joy that you have. And, and even as I talk in the 7.30 service today about our journey to peace. How we journey on that way. How we're on the way to peace. And then we have, as believers, a peace that is beyond understanding. I purpose, and I purpose to do well. Your parents put too much in you for you to be a slug. Come on, somebody. You remember the day when they used to, stay to send you out and then they would tell you, make sure that you represent your last name. Come on, somebody. Because no matter what happens, you, you, 
you were Washington, you were Johnson, you were, you were Stone. Don't you be going out of here and reflecting bad on our, on our family. Now, we have youngsters in school with guns, ninth graders, getting into a school fight and pulling out a weapon. Can't even go to the metro station where a 16-year-old is shooting. That's the society we're living in. And they, and they talk that they need to take their children home and talk to them. Talk to them. Need to pray with them. Get them in church. They need, to, they need a Bible. They know rap songs, but they don't know Jesus. And now they have the legalization of a gateway drug. That's what it is. You get in legally, but we can hook you with some other stuff that is a little more hardcore. I looked out the other day, and matter of fact, even, even with my love of sports, I've never gambled on any of it. I'm not gambling on it. But look at them, Caesars, they're pulling out. they got commercials. You can't even watch a game now with folk trying to, trying to reel you in to gamble. Who's going to make the next shot? So what? Purposing to do well. And at the same time, the gambling industry is making billions of dollars on your losses. We have to purpose to do well. And that's what happens in this passage that I'm reading, Second Peter. And Peter ought to know anything, because Peter, if, if, if you know anything about any biblical personality, Peter was all over the place. Peter was bold enough to get out of the boat and walk on the water. Peter was angry enough to take out his sword and cut off the soldier's ear. That's the same Peter. We see the good, we see the bad. We see the up, we see the down. But in 2 Peter, there are words that I believe which can help us to do well. Number one, pay attention to the details of your life. It's the little things that can make a difference. It's the little things. The details. Some people don't get, they want, they want to look at the big picture, but they don't want to look at the details. One of, one of the things that I, I love reading are biographies. I love biographies and autobiographies. I, I love to hear about the stories of people. And I always will understand as I read these stories of people of the challenges they have to go through in order to get to success. One thing I've learned after all these years in, in ministry, I'm always learning something new about a person when they're laying in the casket. No matter how well you think you know a person, by the time they stretched out, you realize there was more to them. There was another dynamic. 
See, one dynamic that you will never know until you are stretched out. Here it is. Now, you won't be here to, to, to appreciate it. But let me tell you. What happens is, is that you don't know the impact that your life is having on the lives of others. Because everybody is not going to articulate how you have helped them. But when they see you stretched out, that those moments of reflection can rise. It's at those moments sometimes that some of us have a, a rejiggering. We, we have to reevaluate how I'm going about my life. Because I realize I'm not invincible. No matter how buff you are. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I, know, I know when you were younger, you, you were talking about your six-pack. But now you got the whole keg. Come on, somebody. I wanted you to understand that there has to be a purpose in everyone. One of the lessons I've been teaching in all of our worship gatherings, but the, the responsibility of every Christian is to witness and to share about the goodness of Jesus. All of us are responsible to do that. So that we will do that which is pleasing in the eyesight of God. The words, the words are clear. In verse number 19, he says in the middle of it, he said, you must pay close attention to what they wrote. Close attention. I don't, I don't want you to take a casual look at scripture and I don't want you to be casual about your faith. I need you to pay attention to details. Details. Love those who despitefully use you. Details. Men and women ought always to pray and pray without ceasing. Details. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Details. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Details. I'm paying attention to details. I'm paying attention to the fact that God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Sister Barbara, we pray for you and even the homegoing service of your daughter in coming days. God is with us in the details. He, he's with us in the margins of our lives. He's with us when others don't see us in the spotlight, when you're at home all by yourself. He sees you in the details. Pay, pay attention, pay attention, pay, pay attention, pay, pay. And in the New Living Translation, it says pay close attention. As a student, typically, I always like to sit in the front and then like sitting in the back. 
sitting in the back, too many distractions. You know, the class clowns sit in the back. Now, I'm not saying that you're a clown because you're in the back, but I, but I do know that, that clowns will make their way to the rear of the classroom. Chanel, am I right? Class clowns do not sit in front seats. Now, I, I, I have to say that because I want you looking around. It's always sitting in the back. Pastor just called me a clown. No, I didn't, no, I did not call you a clown. I just said that's where clowns will join you back there. Pay attention. Pay close attention. Peter says, I'm paying attention because if I pay attention to this, I can be in my dark place, but you can take me and direct me to the light. I want to be in the light. I, 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 I want to be in the light. And the other thing about that verse, it says, because of the word of God, I have greater confidence. I'm greater because of God's word. I'm greater because God builds me up. No matter where I'm weak, he's strong. He empowers me. And it's not just when I'm on my Sunday clothes or whatever the case is. He's with me every moment. We have even greater confidence. And the reason why you keep living for the Lord your confidence in the word becomes stronger. I pray now that I am a, I'm a better Christian, I'm a better preacher, and a better pastor after seeing God work in difficult situations. You get up from a sick bed, you know God did it. You get a diagnosis, you know God did it. You have a relationship that doesn't work and you find yourself in divorce, but God is able to reclaim you and redeem you. You know God is great. You're valuable. And God can purpose for you to do well. He can purpose for you to do well after the challenge, after the storm, after the winds have blown. After you've been knocked down, I'm getting back up. Oh, you better watch me now. You better watch me. I'm going to get back up. I'm getting back up with even greater strength and greater determination. I'm purposing to do well. The second thing is believers should want their lives to bring great joy to God. There's a, there's a person who has a t-shirt out about making God happy. I want to bring God joy. I kept you, brought you through that challenge, and if I bring you through that challenge, you ought to be able to make God happy. You ought to bring God great joy. You don't want God to look at you and say, I brought you through this for you to act like that. Purpose. 
to do well. Last weekend, we had our all-tithe weekend. And we gave the demonstration. And because a part of you purposing to do well is your, again, the details, do, I'm following everything you've said me do. Folk get to pray. I can praise God. He said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I can do, make a joyful noise. I can't sing, but I can make some noise. But then we say tithe. I can't. I'm, can you pray for me? Pray for you for what? You've got the purpose to do well. You want your life, you want your life to bring great joy to God. Verse number 17. I'm a, I'm a Bible preacher. When he received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice from the majestic glory of God said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. That's what we want to do to God. Bring, bring God great joy. Now, we can look at that even from our own human perspectives. You can, re you can remember moments as a child or when you were a young adult when you brought great joy to your parents. You also know when you didn't bring great joy. Because they let you know you didn't bring great joy. Matter of fact, they would give you a little something to remind you that next time when you're thinking about acting like this, you better not do it because I'll bring you some other kind of inspiration. I want to bring God great joy. Joy. It's joyful that God can say that you are purposing to follow my word. I'm purposing, Lord, for you to lead me every step of the way. I'm purposing to my life. I can, I'm going to praise God no matter how you look at me because you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know the doors that were shut in my life, but now I got a window seat and God is blessing me. God is giving you an upgrade. You know, that's, that's, that's the best thing. That's the best thing. I, 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 was, I, was, I was renting a car, renting a car, and I, I came through the rental line, and the person looked over at me. It says, uh, I'm going to give you an upgrade. I said, thank you. I said, do I have to pay any more? No. Just that if I made you pay more, that would not be the upgrade I'm talking about. You don't have to pay another extra penny. All you got to do is accept the upgrade. God is saying to you, I'm trying to upgrade you and it won't cost you a thing. All you got to do is say, I'm going to submit to you, God. I'm going to turn my life over to you. And when I turn my life over to you, I'm purposing to do well. Doing well is not going to be an accident. I'm not lucky, but I'm blessed. Do I have a witness here? You know how to fall on your knees and pray. You know how to say, Lord, forgive me. Whenever I fall short of your word and fall short of your will. But I know you're able. 
I want to bring you, God, great joy. Not just joy, but I want to bring you great joy. Great joy. Matter of fact, great joy, it almost gives me goosebumps and makes me think about the goodness of the Lord. Great joy. The Lord is going to be pleased with your life. The wind is behind my back. I have, and I preach that sermon less about having wind assistance. That God can be the wind underneath your wings. That you can be the one who's going to fly today. Come on, somebody. That you are going to be the one that's going to smile in the face of a challenge. That you're going to be the one who's going to bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The third thing I need to tell you is the Holy Spirit always knows what the believer needs. We're in Christmas season. We got wants. But God knows what you need. One of the sermons I've preached in recent days, how God knows how to deposit certain people into your life. And some of those deposits into your life are not going to be long-term, but they will be seasonal. Oh, I said something. You're going to have some seasonal people who are going to show up in your life. I love going to the store, and I can see when the seasons change. Seasonal, certain things will come in. I'm saying to you today that God is trying to shower you with blessings. Holy Spirit knows what the believer needs. He knows what I need. As a matter of fact, somebody came in church today. He knows what you need. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you all know I, I pastored in, in Harlem, New York, and every now and then I would go to Sylvia's Restaurant. One of the interesting things about Sylvia's Restaurant in, in Harlem is that you can't, you can't find... Uh, uh, salt and pepper and, and uh, hot sauce and you can't find that on the table and, uh, and I asked the waitress one time I said why, why, why she said because we do it right come on somebody we, you, we, you, don't, you don't need any extra on our stuff Come on, somebody. Somebody knows that I've been, somebody, somebody else been to Sylvia's around here. But you got to understand that God knows what you need. He knows what you need. He knows. He says, above all, verse number 20, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding. I, I, yeah, sometimes I get up here in, on a Sunday morning. I've, I've scripted it out in my office, but I get up in here, and then the Holy Spirit shows up. And then the Holy Spirit says, I know you didn't, put, you didn't write this one down, but you got to share it because there's somebody who's sitting out there who needs to hear that particular analogy. And so it is, the Bible says that this does not come from my own understanding or does it come from human initiative, but it comes by the movement of the Holy Spirit. And I'm thanking God that the Holy Spirit has showed up today. And not only does God, the Holy Spirit show up, but the Holy Spirit is showing out. Do I have a witness here? 
I came in heavy, but the Lord has lightened my load. I came here in a dark place, but God has lifted up my head. I came here looking down, but I'm going to leave here looking up because I got the power of God. Is there anybody here and you can celebrate that God can move mountains, that God can prop you up, that God can intercept your pain, that God can heal bodies? Do I have a witness in here? Somebody's been healed. Somebody's an overcomer. Somebody's been down, but God has picked you up, turned you around, put your feet on a solid ground. I'm purposing my heart. I will praise him. I will give God the glory. I will run on a little while longer. See what the end is going to be. Do you love him today? He's a great God. Great is our God, Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, first and last. Can nobody do me like the Lord? Do you love him? Do you love him? Do you, do you? Yes, yes, yes. I'm purpose to do well. And I don't apologize for that because I want the Lord to guide me every step of the way. He is a great God. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to quit. But the Lord has struck a match in me. Something on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a wonderful change has come over me. Purposed to do well. That's why God says I'm standing here with open arms. Because I want you to not just be alive, but to thrive. I don't want you to ex simply exist. I want you to excel. I want you to soar and do great things. Purposed to do well. Come on, clap your hands. You've been listening to the radio broadcast of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park in Landover, Maryland. If you want to receive a CD or DVD of what you have just heard, please call 301-773-6655 or visit us on the World Wide Web, fbhp.org. And remember, there's power at the park. Power at the park. 